in the Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Truck. I'm here with special guest and author, Brian Harner. Welcome. Thank you. Now you have the book out, The Diet Rebel, but what led you to make this book to begin with before we get into what it is? Okay. Well, what led me to write the book is I, want, I wanted to help others find what I found myself. And we'll get into this a little bit more detail, I'm sure. But my story, just really briefly, is at one time I was very overweight, lost 100 pounds, and ended up um, training, running marathons, losing losing the weight, and keeping it off for now almost 20 years. And that's basically the basis of the book right there. Um, but just wanted to help people what I found in my journey. That is an awesome why. Now, being having weight fluctuating all these years, most people do, unless right. you have wonderful genes and you never gain weight <laughs> and you look at the perfect body. I don't know right. too many people that do that, but right. they are there, I'm sure. But we go through fad diets, we go to days of exercising, months of exercising, and then go, who cares? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's great that we have this medium, a book out there of how you were able for 20 years to have the weight that you wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it basically boils down to lifestyle changes, like true changes. Uh, you know, most people, and I did this for many years, right? You know, gain some weight, go on a diet, lose a few pounds, go off the diet, gain, gain more than you lost, go on a diet, lose a few pounds, you know, it's a cycle in, in a book, I call this the diet tyranny cycle, right? And we get caught up in this cycle. And the only way to break that cycle is to, you know, make make actual lifestyle, permanent lifestyle changes. And, and I mean, I discussed this in a book and, and outline the steps of how to go about doing that. But, you know, from a 35,000 foot view that's really what you need to do now like my my first change to just give it the example my first change was going from drinking regular soda to diet soda now we can have a whole discussion about whether diet soda is healthy or not that's that's kind of not the point right now but <laughs> I, I i made that one change and i stayed with just that one change until it stuck mm -hmm. i mean now i rarely drink any soda at all but uh, but again i lost 20 pounds just by making that one change so, you know, one change at a time till it sticks, becomes a habit, becomes part of your lifestyle. And that's basically how to do it. And diets don't teach that. Fat, fat diets don't teach that. Fat diets teach you to, you know, do, do a certain system and white knuckle it until you lose the weight you want to lose, right? And that doesn't make any permanent changes. That just, you know, for somebody that needs to lose like maybe 10 pounds, that might work in the short term. But for people like me who are chronic um, overeaters or chronic, have chronic weight issues, mm -hmm. that, that just doesn't work. We need the permanency. Right. It's, it, it's taking, do you want that bowl of nachos or a cup of fruit? Right. right. You know, you have to start with what do you want? Do you want your life to be that bowl of nachos and be <laughs> at the weight you are now? Or do you want that cup of fruit it might not be as filling as a nachos or exciting, but it's healthier for you in the long run. Right, right. And the, and the good news is, and 
this this book is not a nutrition book, mm-hmm. right? Um, although I, I I made a lot of changes now, and I eat a, my diet is pretty good right now. I, I still like to have you know pizza every now and then and things like that, right? But generally, you know, I, I eat about seventy percent vegan, about ninety percent whole foods. Okay, so generally speaking, I have a fairly healthy diet right now. But you don't have to, and, and this is where fad diets to kind of fail. Somebody that's used to eating, I don't know, I'm going to pick on, pick on, you know, fried foods three times a day for years, right? Mm-hmm. To, to just all of a sudden go from that to like the keto diet, for instance, right? That's a big change. And it's too big of change. You right. know, you know, it's too, too, too much change at once to stick to. So the, the, the process in the book has less to do with, you know, going from zero to 60, as far as, you know, all of a sudden cutting out everything you love to, you know, diet, changing your hundred percent change your diet to whole foods or anything like that. Cause when I actually lost the weight, um, now I'm more into health and losing weight. Right. But back then when I, when I actually lost the weight, I still ate McDonald's once or twice a week. You know, it's, it's really about, um, how much you take in versus how much you expend when it comes to weight loss. Now health is a totally different issue and we can talk about that, but. Okay. There's two things that there's here. One, there's a healthy lifestyle and that comes after you figure out the negative impact that you're having on your body with foods, but you have to change the foods first, but you have to do it slowly. That's if you problem. want permanent change, yes. Yeah, if you yes. want permanent change. If you would just need to lose 10 to 15 pounds to fit in that dress for whatever reason, you know, this isn't going to work for you. Well, it will, but, you know. Lot, well, it's, un, it's unnecessary because if you only have a few pounds to lose, uh, uh, you know, as far as weight now, mm-hmm. health, again, is a different story. But if you only have a few pounds to lose, yeah, just go on a few-week diet, you know, just – yeah just stop eating as much, you know, or exercise more and the pounds will come off. Right. Right. That solution is a lot more simple. Um, then if you uh, need to lose a hundred pounds, right. Right. I mean, right. if you are up at a size 16 and you want to get down to a size six and this is per- personal experience, you know, you have to change your lifestyle, right. But you have to right. do it slowly. Right. And the first step in that is really figuring out why you're in the situation you're in. Right. Mm-hmm you know, determining your why, you know, like for me, my why of overeating was it all boiled down to basically I was depressed. You know, I, I hated my job. I didn't have a, I, I moved to a new city and, and didn't, didn't have a lot of friends, you know? So what I did was, was during work hours, I was bored. So I was, I, I'm so, I was a software engineer. So I sat very sedentary job sat in a cubicle behind a computer screen all day and I ate, you know, I snacked, I had big lunches. And then after work, you know, I went out with friends or went out with my wife to dinner, or I just stayed home and watched TV, but that was pretty much my life. It was all revolved around eating and kind of covering up my bad feelings, eating for comfort to cover up my bad feelings about my day I just had and even worse, thinking about my day tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. So it was all about, for me, it was all about depression um, and the situation I was in. 
Now, it wasn't until I was really honest with myself and realized that, yeah, I'm, I'm depressed. I need to get this taken care of, uh, that the light bulb went off, right? And said, okay, that's, that's why I'm doing this. Let me take care of that. And then I can take the steps necessary to move on. Right. We hear this. If I don't know how many of our listeners watch 600 pound life. A lot of the people there are there because they got depressed. That's the main mm -hmm. core reason that people eat. They turn to food for comfort. Right. Exactly. Now it's not a healthy way to manage depression. Nope. But you have to come to the realization that you're associating food with depression. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not always depression, but it's always filling some sort of void. Mm -hmm. Right. And it might be short term. Like I'll give you an example. My, my wife, when she was 20, 22, I guess her, her dad just all of a sudden died. Mm -hmm. um, his cardiac arrest, his heart stopped and he was healthy. You know, that there was no warning signals or anything like that. Just was packing a suitcase for a trip and bam, gone. And she went through a six month period of, of eating for comfort. Um, and she gained about 60 pounds. Now she realized that eating to cover up her sadness was, was, was bad. And she lost the weight again, but that was like a short term sadness. It wasn't like, like me was, I was, I was clinically Chronic. depressed. I was yeah. diagnosed with depression. She, she wasn't depressed. She was sad. Right. Right. Which was, is, is sort of the same, but it's a, it's a lot different. One's a chronic issue, one's a temporary issue. Um, but, I, you know, once I figured that out, then the next phase was figuring out what I wanted to do about it, like where I wanted to go, mm -hmm. right? And for me, I spent all this time focusing on the problem, right? The problem is my weight and I want to lose weight. So what do I do to lose weight? I go on a diet. Well, diets focus on the problem. It focuses on food. It focuses on, you know, how much you weigh and all that. So what I did was I switched gears and I made a goal that had nothing to do with my problem per se, but I knew if I achieved my goal, I would lose weight. And that goal was running a marathon. And I was at dinner with my wife and I just blurted this out. You said, I, I said, I'm going to run a marathon. And she started basically laughing at me because at that time I was really overweight and couldn't even run across the street without it being a near fatal event. Right. So, but that was my goal. And I focused on that instead of on my problem. And right. so, so setting destinations and it doesn't have to be a marathon. It could be, you might be pre-diabetic and your destination might be better health and not become that a diabetic, you know, that might be an, another one, or it could be, I want to lose 50 pounds. That could be a destination, but I still think focusing on number of pounds is more focusing on the problem rather than focusing on a solution. Mm -hmm. And I, I definitely believe that setting destinations, whether it's better health or um, getting in shape or running a marathon or whatever is better than focusing on the actual problem itself. Right. It's not, if you look at the problem, and you only focus on the problem, you're never going to fully get away from the problem. If right. you mindset is, okay, I have a goal. What do I need to reach that goal? Now, what other problem is, is on the back burner, but 
you're reaching the solution to the problem by reaching right. for the goal. Exactly. Yes. We hear about this with mindset training and mindset coaching. And it's not looking at the problem. If your problem is X, Y, Z, well, how do you get past X, Y, Z to whatever the goal is? Right. Exactly. So I do a little bit of everything, but at the same, <laughs> it, at the same time, it works for you. It right. works for general population in the masses, but it's not a diet. Diets, bad diets don't work long term. No, nope. no, nope, they don't. And it's, and it's because of that cycle. Um, again, I coined the term diet tyranny and, and the diet tyranny cycle is basically you wake up one day, say you decide you're going to lose weight, right? So then you pick a diet, you stick with it for a while, you lose a few pounds, you, you get tired of doing the diet, mm -hmm. uh, pounds come back on, you become depressed or sad or whatever, mm -hmm. and you're back where you started, usually even worse off is usually you put more, at least in my case, I put more pounds back on than what I took off. Mm -hmm. And then you go for a while, just kind of just kind of going along with it, right? And then you go, I'm going to lose weight again, right? And you go through that whole cycle again. And it's just over and over and over again. Um, and got to break out of that. And again, answering those two questions, you know, why, why, am I, why am I here? Why am I in the shape I'm in? Why am I in the situation I'm in? And what are my, where do I want to go? What do I, where do I want to get to? Those are really the two key questions. And once you answer those, the rest of it is then just figuring out how to get there. Right. It, it's, we look at the fad diets. You have keto, you have, uh, if you go to curves or Weight Watchers or whatever, mm -hmm. they teach you how to count the calories. But right. what do you do? You get fed up because you want that pizza, you want that burger, you want right. whatever. And then you go to, back to the program to, oh, I can't have that, so I'm a horrible person. Right. And so you leave the program, then you gain all the weight back because you're a horrible person, you're in this mindset, and it's really not that big of a deal. No, and shaming is not the way to go. Guilting, feeling guilt, feeling shame about anything is not, not the way to go. I, again, like I said, you know, I dropped my first 20 pounds by making one decision that was going from drinking regular soda to diet soda. Now you got to be careful when you do that because you can't supplement something else. You can't say, Oh, I'm drinking diet soda. So now I can eat more. Right. right. Um, you got to keep everything else the same. Now I did, I, I, I did after that decision, I did make another decision that's running the marathon. I started training for the marathon. So I did start running now at first, I didn't run very far. <laughs> I mean, I literally ran for a minute, walked for a couple minutes, ran for a minute, walked for a couple minutes, and I had it build up. And it actually took me four years to run my first marathon. But during that time, the pounds were steadily coming off. And I kept just making incremental changes. You know, I, I started out with that diet soda thing. I, I got my first beginning runner program. And in 10 weeks, I was running from nothing to 20 minutes at a time, you know, and then I went to the next level and the next level and the next level, but I did it one step at a time, one brick at a time. And I didn't try to do it. You know, I didn't get down on myself like one week. Like this is a, a good story. Uh, right after I started running, I was into, it. I was a couple weeks into it. 
and I stubbed my toe against my bed and I broke my toe and I couldn't run for like five weeks. <laughs> and that really set me back. Right. Because I was like, I'm going to lose a pound a week and I'm going to be running. I'm going to, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I had to roll with the punches. And during that time, I ended up not gaining any weight because I was still focused on what I wanted to accomplish. So I didn't backslide. Right. I backslid in the sense that I couldn't run for a while, but I didn't backslide into eating more because again, being focused on where I wanted to go. And at that time, where I wanted to go was yeah, my, my grand thing was my grand goal was running a marathon, but that time was getting to run 20 minutes at a time. So when I had my broken toe, what was the thing I had to do? I had to let the toe heal. So I could get back on track, you know, so we have to run, we have to roll with the punches. And when life throws a as a curveball we can't beat ourselves up right and it's like if you break a foot and you're trying to walk eight miles a day well you can't walk eight miles a day unless you want to be in pain while you're walking right. Right. so you know you have to be able to adjust but at the same time not lose focus of the goal that you're trying to achieve right exactly if your exactly. main goal is to have a healthier body which is not overweight or beastly overweight, then you have to stay with your lifestyle changes, not just mm -hmm. slide back because, oh, I have an excuse now to eat more. Right, right. But even if you do make a mistake, we don't shame ourselves mm -hmm. because we just got to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and get back on the horse, as the old cliche says, right? Right. Um, and, and that's very, and that's very important. And trust me, in four years trying to run a marathon, there's lots of failures. <laughs> there's lots of failures because, you know, oh, I don't want to get up this morning when it's 20 degrees outside and run 13 miles, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I, I want to go out with my friends tonight and I have a scheduled run tomorrow or something like that. So, you know, there's lots of things that can get in your way when you have, when you're looking at long-term like that. Um, but, but so that's what the book, how the book starts out. The, the first part is really talking about those two questions and the rest then is basically what I learned throughout the course of my journey and, and research because I'm a, um, I'm a certified weight loss specialist and I'm a certified running coach in the revolution running method. So I, I've done a lot of research I had my own journey. So I kind of compiled all that stuff into uh, an eight step plan, if you will. And the first part of that is answering those two questions. And the rest is then more about the mechanics and, and how we go about doing it. Now with you doing what you're doing now, are you writing any more books? Well, right now uh, I am really focused on helping people lose weight, but I do have plans. The name of the book is Diet Rebel. And I do have plans for future books. Um, I can't, I don't know how I'm going to prioritize this yet, but I'm going to go with that rebel theme mm -hmm. and be like, I'm, a, I'm obviously a runner. I talk about running a lot. I believe in running. Running is by far the best exercise for weight loss. And we can talk about that, but it, it really is. Uh, if you can run, I, I realize not everybody can run, but so I'm thinking about maybe writing a running rebel book or a, a fitness row book i've had i've had interesting relationship with money in my life too so something maybe called money rebel you know that type of stuff 
Um, because I, I really believe that the key to a lot, our, our society is, is wrong in many ways, right? It's broken. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I mean, the very first chapter um, about my book is about the standard American diet. And it's so fitting that the acronym for the standard American diet is SAD. And we promote that, that diet. I mean, you can't turn on TV without seeing a fast food commercial or a Coke commercial, or, you know, maybe I shouldn't say brand names, but, you know, a soda that commercial. Perfectly fine. But yeah, you have <laughs> the fast food places out there. You then following a fast food thing, then you have a commercial for a diet, whatever. Right. Is it a diet pill, is a diet program, is a diet blah, blah, blah. You know, right. this is what we promote. We have the food and then we have the diet. Yes. And we get it into our brains because we're seeing it on TV. Oh, I can eat, then I can diet. Right, right, exactly. And and that's where the rebel theme comes in. Mm -hmm. You know, rebelling against, not, I'm not really rebelling against diets per se, because we, you have to diet yeah. in the traditional sense, right? You, you, it's really fad diets, but what, what my rebel theme is about is rebelling from society in general right? The rules that society has. I mean, the rules say, you know, dad bod, you know, I'm a father and people are proud of their dad bods. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're killing yourself. <laughs> you know, don't you want to be around to be a dad, you know, that type of thing, you know, so it, it's very frustrating, but I mean, we promote the wrong things in society. So that's what we're really rebelling against um, is the promotion of overeating the promotion of of all this stuff versus just common sense good health right i mean okay we have to go back to beginnings we have right. to learn good health what right. do you we i know they teach this in two minutes in school but what do you need to have good health it's not going to be eating that bucket of fried chicken maybe at no. a piece here and there but not the whole bucket Right. Yeah. In my opinion, the starter's good health is to have a healthy weight. Right. You have to have the healthy weight. Right. You have to have the mindset to be healthy. Right. And right. then go from there. Right. Exactly. And exercise. Exercise is a big part of it, too, because it's not all you can be thin. Mm -hmm. You can eat healthy. But if you never do anything, your, your body's still going to atrophy. It's still going to break down. If all you're doing is sitting sitting on the, your office chair or your couch all day, you know, you're not, you're not going to feel good. You're going to have sore joints, bad back, whatever, weak muscles, mm -hmm. you know, so it's still, we, we need it all, right? Yes. You, you, you need to maintain a healthy weight. You need to eat well, and you need to exercise. And they exactly. Go, they go I hand have in a, hand. my grandmother's and a the prime example of this, she's in a wheelchair and she has the, I can't, attitude right right so that's, that's it's no it's not that you get have an i can't attitude it's a you have to do it if you want to have a healthier lifestyle right right, right. unfortunately that, that attitude is popular right mm -hmm. <laughs> and a famous example though about about that you have to have all the parts together is i don't know if you know who jim fix is but no, jim jim fix was the the runner in the 70s that was very popular long distance runner and he's what really started the running craze back in the mm -hmm. 70s and 
he had he he he, he was world class runner, but he ate bad food and he smoked. And he ended up dying, I think he was in his 50s when he died. He died relatively young. But his famous quote is, you can't outrun a bad diet. You know, and, you know, he didn't have all, all areas. You know, he just had one area that he was really great in, which was exercise. But then the other places, you know, the diet and smoking habits is what ended up killing him, even though he was a world-class athlete. Right. You have to have the whole part of the pie not just a slice in this case you can't just say oh i'm going to exercise every day and think that you're healthy and that changed the diet to go with it right exactly if you have the bad habits if you have the bad habits are going to be what kills you not the going to the gym working out every day right exactly exactly and it all starts with one decision to take it one step at a time very true. And they, we hear this every day from different points of view, depending on if you're going through rehab for something, for weight loss, for exercising, you have to take each day one at a time. You have to change right. one habit at a time. You can't change everything overnight. Right. Right. And we, we live another, another flaw of society, in my opinion, is we want the instant gratification. You know, we want everything and we want everything society. Now I'm not talking about any individuals, but generally as a society, we want everything now and we don't want to work for it. Right. And, you know, that's just not how the universe is set up to work. It's not. You want that $30 million (laughs) in your bank account? Well, what steps do you have to go to to get there? It's not going to just fall in your lap. I mean, even if you win the lotto, you got to go out and buy the lotto ticket. Right? right. You still have to do something. <laughs> right. Right. But we are almost out of time. So where uh, can no. our listeners and our viewers find you? Uh, www.brianharner.com is my, is my personal website. And the book's website is www.rebel, sorry, dietrebelbook.com. Awesome. It was so great talking to you today. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And for all of our listeners and our viewers, happy reading.